Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And the real star of the show is Moxie, who uh, you'll hear purring and meowing occasionally. Moxie... (laughs) Moxie is the cat that Dr. Debbie is supposedly fostering for, well, until Christmas. But mm-hmm. has that changed at all? Is this, uh, is this, because. No, no, it's still the plan, although I think there's more people on your side of the bet at this ah. point. So, um, I think I'm the only one standing firm on the other side of the bet. Which is interesting because. I would be happy to foster if, if you are in jeopardy of, becoming a foster failure i could maybe relieve you of that oh great that oh see yeah and you know what i've had so many offers of people being willing but you know there's this responsibility i have for a family member to provide a pet that's in good health and well socialized so we got a lot of work to do so (laughs) well you know what you're fooling yourself i can see it in your eyes i can see it in the fact that uh just how moxie is all curled up in your little palm there and the fact that your husband loves her yes you guys all have really good points, but, um, yeah, I just don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, there you go. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie about your animal or your foster or your flamingo, even your chicken, do you deal with chickens down there at the old office? We do. We, we have clients that have them as pets, some that are, you know, more like their layers, for, you know, for eggs. Um, but yeah, we actually, the most interesting thing we've had in recently was, um, a toucan we had in recently. <gasps> So, yes, they sell those at pet stores in our area, believe it or not. I wouldn't think that would be legal. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, so. But you remember the chicken chick? She was on the show uh, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has a new book out called Guide to the Backyard Chickens, and she's really trying to encourage people to uh, bring chickens into their home, not only to produce eggs, but as pets. Because more and more people are doing this. She, I believe, has 50 of them, which is a lot of chickens. That is a lot of chickens. I have a stupid bird that does nothing but scream and make a mess when I can have chickens and they could at least be making eggs, too. (laughs) You wouldn't trade Gurney for the world. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't at this point. But, you know, I wish Gurney would learn how to fry eggs for me, at least. You know, do something here. (laughs) Well, you know, he knows too much now about you. So you can't get rid of him because... He'll talk. Yeah. That's why they make cement birdie shoes, too. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Hey, Joey, how does Gurney show her affection? Is it her or him? It's a her. It's a her. Okay. How does Um, she show her affection to you? Oh, she's all over me um, constantly. She's out most of the time if I'm home. If I'm not home, if I left her out, I'd come home to a... to probably just scratch the whole house would just be wood shavings. Um, but um, <laughs> when you're with her, you know, she wants to be with you all the time. If I'm sitting down, she wants to sit right next to you. If you're laying in bed, she wants to be right next to you laying next to you. Um, she doesn't know. I don't think she knows she's a bird because she I, she really only flew even a couple of times. I mean, when she chases the dogs, she runs after them, um, you know, and fast. Um, but I think she thinks she's just a kid. Sure. The 30, 30-something-year-old kid. <laughs> with, with separation anxiety. Yes. Oh, big time. Well, that's one of the things about Paris is they are, you know, so demanding on our attention. And they are like perpetual toddlers. Well, there you go. Anyway, the chicken chick will be on the show today. you got to say that really carefully, by the way. Yeah, say that fast three times. So mm-hmm. if, if you have questions about your chicken or if you're thinking about having questions about your chicken... <laughs> And not as uh, covered in uh, uh, cheese and with, yes. <laughs> with hot sauce on it. Not lunch today. 
Uh, but uh, she'll be on in just a few minutes. If you have questions, we're going to go to the phones in just a couple of seconds for Dr. Debbie and for Joey Volani. And uh, at about the bottom of the hour, we do a little check of the news from the Animal Radio Newsroom. And Miss Lori Brooks, what do you have for this hour? Well, you know, we animal lovers can be weird with our pets. And there's a new survey out that talks about some of the, the things that those who aren't as friendly with animals as we are, uh, some of the things that they might think are weird, but we think are normal. Uh, taking a bath or a shower with your pet, uh, letting your pet into the bathroom, um, lots of things. So we'll talk about how many of us do these different things. Do you, uh, Dr. Debbie, do you take a shower with your pet? No. The only time I do is when I'm in Utah, and it's not really that I shower, but it's I get just, in that's the, the thing shower. in Utah to do, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no. No, I, I get my dogs on the little bench in the shower, and then I get in there, take my, my socks, and usually my, put on shorts, and I, I'm in the shower with them, but I don't actually bathe with my pets. That's a little bit weird, i got to say. Yeah, well, we'll find out more in just a few minutes, right? <laughs> one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. Give your pets the extra support they need. From glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, Vetra Science has the supplement for all your pets' needs. And we go to Vel. Is it Vel? Uh, yes, Vel is here. How can we help you? I have a problem with one, uh, with one of my cats. Uh, I have two cats. One of them is three years old. And approximately in the seven or eight months after that, we got another cat. Uh, we adopted okay. the, the other one. And since then, they, when we brought the other cat, it, it was a confrontation. And, well, you didn't mention what kind of kitty. Is male or female is the second one? Yeah, uh, the and second one is the male. But the, uh, we adopted him in a, uh, one of the pet shops. And, okay. uh, and so confrontation is still on. But recently, approximately, about maybe half a year ago, the female cat, her name is Katya, and she started to uh, pee or on my clothes, sometimes uh, in a corner, and it's getting worse and worse. And I realize that there is a possibility maybe she's jealous or something, But I, and I'll try to pay more attention to her to give her more treats or to spend more time with her, like to play with her, but it doesn't get better. And um, okay. I don't know what to do because sometimes you can't, you can't hold home in the evening and I, I feel smell and I start to looking around and I think, and I found out another spot. Okay. Usually she marks, she marks, uh, my clothes or the, uh, place I see, like in the office or once she just sneaked to the bedroom and she, uh, pee on my, uh, on my part of the bed. And so does the male cat have any kind of behavioral problems? Is he doing anything abnormal out of the litter box? Not at all, not at all. And he's very, he's very adorable. He's, uh, he's not aggressive. Like uh, a friend of mine uh, told me that uh, sometimes Siamese are aggressive and uh, they, they don't come along, uh, they don't get along with other animals. But he's very adorable. He's very friendly. Never okay. had a problem with him. Okay. And then uh, tell me about the cat's environment. Do these kitties go inside, or do they go outside, or are they indoor only? They're only indoor. Okay, and what kind of a litter box situation do you have for these kids? It's the one big one. It's the one plastic, uh, extra large. Okay. Is there a cover on top of it, or is it a, a, an open one? Yes, it is. It is cover. It is. Okay. I mentioned the situation in Petco, and they recommend me to uh, to get another box. I, I haven't purchased another box because it, I, I have a limited space in my place. Okay. And how do the two kitties get along? Do they fight? Are they pretty playful? Do you have problems where they'll hiss at each other? 
sometimes we they play, but this play uh, this game uh, become aggressive from uh, my female cat. She um, she let him play with her for for a short period of time, then she start to play aggressively. Like she she's basically attacking him. All right. Well, let's get to the bottom of this here, Val. And I'm going to have to agree, first and foremost, with the Petco um, recommendation. When we have two cats in the household and one litter pan, there's always kind of a, an unconscious, quiet strife, kind of a fight that the cats can have over that resource. And, and that may not be a problem in the average cat household. But if there is a little intercat interpersonal problem, then we're going to see a problem manifested. And very commonly, it'll be in house-soiling accidents. So before we go down that whole behavior road, I guess I should back up and say, anytime I have a cat that is urinating out of the litter box, I always, always, always want to get a veterinary examination and at the very minimum get a urine sample. And I know a lot of people say, oh, I know it's behavioral. We don't. And there's such an overlap between medical problems and behavioral problems that in many cases they blur and um, we just can't confidently say in those situations, oh, it's just a behavioral problem. Don't, don't worry about going to the vet. You don't need to. Um, so that's my first uh, therapy for you is to see the veterinarian and have her urine checked out. We know that there's a lot of possibilities for intercat aggression. So if a cat has a lower urinary tract problem, they can be more aggressive with other cats. If they have arthritis, they have thyroid problems, they may have heightened aggression towards other animals and other behavioral problems in the home. So well, let's make sure that kitty is in sound health. So once that is done, and I'm going to hope that's all good, then we're going to work on the resources in the home. And the litter box is the first resource that we've mentioned. We want to add that second box, as painful as it is in your, your household situation. We need to make sure we get another um, litter box. The other recommendation I'm going to have is to take that lid off that litter box and put it away because many cats find that too oppressive to have that over top of them. And especially if we're worried about another cat that's competing for that resource, that can be a problem. And then we talk about maybe trying different litter substrates, different litter surfaces. Every cat's a little different. Some really enjoy um, the types of the corn cob litters. Others like the clumping litter. So you have to kind of experiment with that a little bit. And then once we get to that point, I'm going to ask you to add some other resources for the kitties. You mentioned you try to give her some extra attention. That's great. But we also need to give her extra hiding spots. And cats are very vertically oriented. So what they like is they don't want to have a flat bed, even with our bed. They want to go high. So we want to make a little kitty condo or even some of the little window seats that cats can look outside of a window. That's how they feel more comfortable and confident in their world. They go vertically higher. And then another final recommendation. I'm a big fan of the natural pheromones. So you can go to your local pet store or veterinary office and pick up a little plug-in that releases scent hormones that have a calming effect. And, and that can help when we have these kind of intercat problems, whether it be house soiling or aggression or what have you. So I, I've given you a lot of homework, Val. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck with things. And my best wishes to you and give your, your kitties a, a hug and a kiss for me. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. And this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Just like their owners, our pets get older. Their joints stiffen up and jumping for joy suddenly becomes a little more difficult. Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help support joint health in your pet. Thank you, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
This is Animal Radio, baby. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. Animal Radio. And in just a few minutes, Robert Samro with five things you must know about pet diabetes. Is uh, is pet diabetes pretty prevalent? Yeah, you know, especially with obesity um, being such a increasing problem with dogs and cats, um, it's to be expected that diabetes is also going to be high because those two things kind of go in hand in hand. Is it treated like humans? Do they need to get insulin and shots and all that? It's, yeah, very similar. There, it's, there's some differences with um, cats um, can be a little bit more similar to people. Sometimes we can manage them with diet. They don't always have to be on insulin, but dogs are insulin dependent, so they do have to have injections twice a day for you know lifelong just another reason to keep your pets in shape and not absolutely it's Lori brooks we're about Mm -hmm. 10 minutes a little less than 10 minutes away from visiting the newsroom what do you have up this hour you don't have to warn you anything you do on the internet you have to be very very careful (laughs) uh and and buying a pet over the internet is not a good thing yeah. Because you, you, you have no way of knowing where that pet came from. You, you don't know. You haven't seen the mom, the dad, what kind of conditions they're raised in. And they can always present you with something that they want you to see or want you to believe. So anyhow, long, long way around that. But um, one of the major airlines has just filed a lawsuit against another company, a website, that was impersonating the airlines when it came to transporting puppies, and they were also selling puppies. Kind of weird. Just be careful, and we'll give you the details of this behind the scene and things that you need to watch out for. Yeah, I heard about this. Just another pet scam, and especially important if you're planning on traveling or flying with your pet or Mm -hmm. uh, just sending your pet somewhere. Be listening to that. Lori Brooks has that in just a couple of minutes, and we're going back to the phones for your calls. The number is toll-free. It doesn't cost you a penny. 1-866-405-8405 is the number. You can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Well, I'm somewhere in southern Illinois, headed to Minnesota. What's going on? How can we help you? Well, I, um, I'm calling about a, a macaw that my wife got uh, about a week ago. And she uh, bought this macaw that's about three months old. And um, when we brought it home, we noticed, you know how they spread their wings and kind of stretch out? Mm-hmm. The left wing is fully formed in there, but the right wing ends at, like, the elbow. Oh. You can't, yeah, you can't really tell that the right wing isn't all there until it spreads its wings out. And then okay. it's like, well, yeah, that doesn't look right, you know? So <laughs> the bird's tried to fly once or twice, and it'll take off from the cage, and it won't nosedive into the ground or anything, but it doesn't get any loft. Mm-hmm. Well, but the question is, is this, this uh, somewhat normal at all for a bird to be born with a deformity like this, or... 
Okay, well, uh, that's um, very interesting. You know, I'm always, Dr. Debbie always like kind of likes the weird and strange things, mm-hmm. and I, I wish I could see your bird's wing because it sounds very interesting and something that I do think a vet should take a look at, um, especially because we are a juvenile. Um, a young bird, you know, if this was something that was more of a growth deformity, we want to intervene when they're young. However, if this wing is short and you just, like, say there's half the wing that is on the other side, um, yeah, it could be a, a congenital deformity. And um, while that's not necessarily what we would call normal, it isn't uncommon. And we can definitely see birds born with various deformities. Um, so it definitely can happen. But uh, some of these guys can get some different kinds of contracture. Um, so basically a tightening down of the soft tissues and those kind of things we may be able to help and do something for but if there's only if there's only half a wing on that side um it's not going to grow in kind of what you got is what you got Um, but i would hope we could preserve what god did give this bird and hopefully um you know keep him comfortable and uh you know not have that create more of a problem and i would be very cautious with allowing the bird to jump and and to do starts and flying because um that's actually how we break uh the good wing a lot of times when when birds jump if we don't have the lift that he needs to get up um you know we can definitely land on the ground put the wings down and fracture the opposite side so be very cautious with that that's something you you have certainly have a special needs bird that is going to need a little extra attention and uh, not that the bird can't live a you know healthy normal life but uh, may not just be a flight bird that's all right he seems to be he seems to be fine he doesn't try to fly much but like if my wife puts him on you know they've got their little perches that they pull around behind him that he sits on and if she walks into the other room and leaves him on the perch well he doesn't like that which is kind of unique because they've only been together for a week and this bird's already attached to her. But, oh, that happens quick, yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick. So she'll walk into the other room and he doesn't want to let her out of her, out of his sight. So he'll try to, um, you know, get into that next room, but he can't. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's no lock. He can't fly. And he does climb around on stuff a lot too. So he, you know, of course, being three months old, I'm sure his balance isn't really all the best. So he does mm-hmm. fall and hit the floor every once in a while. We just wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be any other repercussions down the line, you know, as he gets older from some sort of deformity that we don't know anything about. I mean, we tried to Google it, and we couldn't even find anything on that. So Yeah, so that's and that's the challenge. Is, yeah, I think a vet's going to need to put their eyeballs on things, and in many cases we'll even need to shoot a quick X-ray just to see what bones are there because uh, a lot of times, you know, we can take an X-ray and see that there's congenitally a lack of certain bones. Um, or that there was a previous fracture or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's well worth you getting into the vet at this point. Hope that helps out, Dan. Thanks for listening. one 405 8405 This of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soiled pad with a fresh one so your home stays clean and odor-free. With Brilliant Pad, you never have to see, touch, or smell the yuck again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And thank you, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food, simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. 
Visit RedBarnInc.com to save a dollar on Red Barn grain-free canned food. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. An elaborate but bogus pet shipping website that makes people believe they are dealing with Delta Airlines has now been linked to a puppy selling scam. So scam alert here. Delta Airlines, which conducted its own investigation into the phony pet shipping website, then uncovered what it says is a larger criminal scheme beneath it. The airline has now filed a suit against the website DeltaPetTransit.com in federal court because that website is designed to look like the real Delta site and even uses the airline's logos and pictures of Delta airplanes. Not too bright there. (laughs) And according to the airline, the fake website operators collected thousands of dollars without ever, ever shipping or delivering any pets. And uh, even after people pay the purchase price for a non-existent puppy, that website, the people behind it, demanded more payments for what they said was mandatory insurance, vaccines, permits, and other required fees so that their alleged puppy could be transported. Delta says that, in truth, the defendants have no dogs for sale. They provide no shipping services either and instead keep all that money of their theft by deception, all those payments made by unsuspecting victims. Mm. sure we'll be hearing more about that. And there's a new survey out that shows a large percentage of pet owners are going out of their way to do things for their pets that other less friendly animal people might consider to be a little weird. Uh, this new survey revealed that a third of us let our pets into the bathroom with us. Yeah, go ahead. Try <laughs> to keep them out, right? Yeah, really. The poll of 2,000 dog and cat owners also found a third of them have shared a bath or a shower with their pet. No, I've never full, done full that. Full confession here. No. Oh, no. I, don't, I don't know if I want to hear this. I would take, I've definitely showered dogs in the shower with me just because it's easier when you have a huge dog. But uh, I would say no on the bath and definitely no on a cat in the bath with you. Yeah, I've never uh, done anything Yeah, like I've that never now. done the shower or, or the, the bath uh, with the, my pet now. I have done a spa, though. I did a sauna once with a cat. Yeah, I got, I got a massage. With, with a dog once. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Well, I guess I'm a little more off the deep end than you guys. Uh, three in ten sign their animal's name on birthday cards, but doesn't everybody? Yeah, I, oh, I do. You guys I, I do definitely that. do that. Um, yeah, I do that. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. When I'm online, if I'm on Facebook and I don't say kisses for whoever your dog is, people would think I'm having an off day. Uh, They also found this survey now. More than six in ten admit they're closer to their pet than they are to some of their own family members. But nine in ten owners said that they don't care what people think of their relationship with their pets anyway. There you go. Here, here. Yeah. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. This Healthy Serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain Free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at RedBarnInc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Anne. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Where are you today? I'm in Clovis, California. Oh, near Fresno, lovely Fresno. Right, yes. What can we do for you? I have a question, and it's... Possibly if dogs could be allergic to black mission figs, 
and I'll be real brief. I have a little miniature rat terrier, weighs about 10 pounds, two and a half years old, very, very active. Last Monday we noticed, or two weeks ago Monday, we noticed she was dragging her back leg a little bit. By Mm -hmm. Tuesday, she couldn't stand up. We had to put a sling under her back legs. She was just dragging them. Took her to the vet. They did that test where they pinched her legs all the way up to the middle of the back. There was no flinching. She was, like, completely paralyzed for two days. I thought I was going to have to put her down. The doctor tried a dose of DMSO along with had been given her prednisone. Okay. This was on a Thursday. By Friday, she was able to stand on her legs a little bit. By Saturday, she was walking a little wobbly. By Sunday, she was running and chasing the dog along the fence. Mm-hmm. Now, could is there a possibility? Because a year ago, we almost lost her, and it was it's exactly a year ago, and they never could find out what was wrong with her then, but she just didn't eat. She was listless and dehydrated and everything. Hmm. Okay. And you're concerned about the figs being a possible cause of that? Possibly, or else could she have had... The vet said he took x-rays. There was nothing that jumped out at him, but possibly a ruptured disc. But could she recover that quickly? Well, possibly, yeah. And when we talk about uh, disc problems in dogs, um, you know, it's a spongy little cushion between the bones right below the spinal cord. So if one of those um, very suddenly impacts the spinal cord, um, causes a lot of pain, can lead to sudden paralysis, Mm -hmm. um, some pets can respond very quickly and very favorably to steroids um, such as prednisone or dexamethasone. So that's possible. Um, And um, there are some more obscure things that can cause maybe a temporary paralysis but if with that therapy that he just um, he prescribed, she improved, I would actually have some faith perhaps that we may have a bad back and, you know, something to watch for in the future because a lot of pets can go on to have future episodes with their back. Okay. Okay. Whether or not that year prior that was related to that, I don't know. Um, you know, but some pets when early back problems will be uncomfortable. They just don't act themselves. They may be grumpy even mm-hmm. and not necessarily show signs of paralysis. So, you know, I can make a case for that perhaps. Um, generally, I can tell you, figs are pretty um, harmless to dogs okay. uh, unless they eat lots of them, and well, then you get nice mushy poops. <laughs> okay. But I thought possibly because last it was exactly almost to the day a year ago we had a problem with her, and they never could figure out what was wrong with her. And I thought, is it possible? But yeah, so then we're looking not- at a disc, uh, probably a back problem. Very likely. And, you know, I can make some really weird diagnosis out there. There are some types of, um, like, moldy foods that can actually cause a, they have basically a mycotoxin, um, a type of a fungus that, that is uh, toxic to the neurologic system. Um, so some pets can have that if they get into old dairy products, um, you know, garbage, even some old nuts sometimes, things like that can cause those problems. Um, so that's a possibility, but that's kind of a far stretch. And usually we have some pretty good information that a pet's kind of gotten into some things they shouldn't to cause that. So yeah, I would definitely be sure that with your, um, with your rat terrier that we're, we're watching things that can be signs of back problems, reluctance to jump up and down, um, and just make special accommodations. Be ready that if we do have uh, future back things, this is definitely not a pet we want to be very, um, athletic jumping off high, uh, areas in the home. Um, so we use a little extra caution, maybe even use a harness, um, you know, for walking purposes. So, um, that, that would be my, my guess there, Anne. There, okay. 1-866-405-8405 to talk to anyone in the Dream Team right now. 
Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, Five Things You Must Know About Pet Diabetes. November is Pet Diabetes Month, and sadly, it's something that every dog and cat parent needs to know about. Anywhere between 1 in 100 to 1 in 500 cats and dogs are developing diabetes. Diabetes is a disease caused by a lack of insulin that affects the level of glucose or sugar in your dog or cat's blood. The glucose comes from the food that your pet eats. The food is broken down into very small components by the digestive system so that the body can use it for energy. Glucose is one of these components and an important source of energy. Insulin is required for the cells to absorb the glucose. Insulin is produced by the pancreas in response to the amount of glucose in the bloodstream. Healthy pets produce insulin easily, but pets with diabetes don't. And in canine and feline diabetes, unused glucose builds up in the bloodstream. And if that occurs, it can lead to damage to multiple organs in the body. Diabetes is a condition that you can often see and identify noticeable changes in your dog or cat's behavior as well as other physical signs. Some of those signs include drinking more water than usual, increased hunger and eating while losing weight. They may also urinate more frequently and have a reduction in activity and in some cases they may appear to have cloudy eyes. These signs can mean something different, which is why it's so important to work with your veterinarian to determine what is actually going on. Some of the risk factors for pets include their age. Also, genetics, obesity, and inactivity are factors that should be considered and watched. Next, it's critical that you work with a veterinarian who not only understands your pet, but also diabetes in pets. Your vet will diagnose diabetes by performing an in-depth health examination and testing your dog's urine and blood as well. Additionally, human diabetes and dog and cat diabetes are similar, so much so that a dog or cat being treated for diabetes will be utilizing some of the same medication, equipment, and monitoring systems that humans with diabetes use. So I know many of you will ask if a diabetes diagnosis means a shorter lifespan for your pet. The good news is that with proper management, monitoring, and care, a dog or cat with diabetes can live a very long life. Managing a dog or cat with diabetes will often involve blood monitoring, insulin injections, and a controlled diet. Your veterinarian will be the key to understanding your pet's needs, but you are the critical component of your pet's health maintenance and longevity. Share your pet diabetes stories on our Animal Radio Facebook page. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online 
to phytofriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And I think we keep a pretty stressless environment around here, most of the time at least. Uh, we try to keep the pets stressless. Mm-hmm. They they feel very little stress. We spoil them here at the Animal Radio Studios. In fact, if you could see around right now, <laughs> they have the good life here at the Animal Radio Studios. They have a routine. Every time we come into the studio, they all have to come in and take their places. But we also talk about other stress. Yes. So there's living a good life, but there's also stress of competition for resources uh. or stress over your departure. So those are the kind of stresses when we have dogs and cats that we really talk about. It's not so much I'm worried where my next meal is going to come from. <laughs> it's it's that kind of interactive environmental stress. We have with us, and for her return, Dr. Elizabeth DeLomba. She's a consulting vet for Vetra Science joining us. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How's everything going out there? Splendid. But I want to talk a little bit about stress and how it affects our pets. Uh, I guess, first of all, does it affect both dogs and cats? It does affect both dogs and cats. And I think that your your discussion really hit on some of the key things. It's having a nice routine. Pets really appreciate having a routine that they can get comfortable with. And when you sort of get them out of their routine, they can react in a number of different ways, all of which are manifestations of stress. Mm. Do dogs or cats react differently? Like, do dogs get more stressed and cats not show it, but become as stressed? Yeah, that's that's right on target. Dogs are more likely, they're more social, they're more likely to bark, destroy things. Um, you may see even some aggression or hyperactivity with dogs when they're anxious or fearful. Cats tend to hide, and you may see them hiding. They may see they may scratch things in their environment. Um, and cats really are unique in that sometimes stress can target the urinary system, and so you may see inappropriate urination and spraying oh. with them. Oh. What are some uh, common triggers of stress? Uh, really anything that disrupts their environment, as we sort of touched on. So if you have a new baby in the house, if you're going to travel with your pet, even a trip to the veterinarian can cause some anxiety. Um, anything that disrupts their routine. I've seen cats and dogs that when there's some construction going on in the house, there are strange people around, their environment is disrupted, and they don't know how to handle that. And so that manifests itself in misbehavior. I'm looking down at my animals, and I'm trying to see if they're stressed or not. My first visual cue is that they're not. But other than, let's say, cats peeing, uh, inappropriately urinating, what are some other signs that our animals might be stressed? Well, most people recognize when their pets are stressed just from the standpoint is they know their behavior is not quite right. They may not greet them as enthusiastically when they come home, or they may greet them overly enthusiastically, like, oh, my gosh, it was so terrible while you were gone. Thank goodness you're home. So you start to recognize whether or not they're barking or hiding or just not quite acting right. 
that maybe something might be going on that you need to look into. Mm, okay. So we're coming up to the holidays here. They're creeping over, and that means all of the neighbors and some of the undesirable family members creep over, too. <laughs> it uh, it makes it like some, sometimes an uncomfortable environment for animals. And as I mentioned before, you're the consulting vet for VetraScience. There is a product called Composure, and I think that might be really handy for the holidays. You know, I think that that's a really good idea. Composure is a wonderful product in that it's not a medication or a sedative. You don't need any kind of prescription. What it is is a supplement that supports calm behavior. So it doesn't really change the personality of your pet. It just lets them react to environmental stress with less anxiety. Okay. So is it a medication? It's not. It's a supplement, and so it doesn't require a prescription. Basically, it contains three different um, ingredients. One is the vitamin B1, which is the anti-stress vitamin. The second thing is theanine, which is a naturally occurring amino acid in green tea that helps them helps relax their muscles and decrease irritability. And then the third ingredient is colostrum calming complex, which is synergistic with theanine, and it actually potentiates the calming effect. I'm always worried about it being a sedative. Just... I don't like to do that to my animals. I, I'm just so worried about sedating them. I don't like to do that. Yeah, and I think that that's a really common concern. Um, we we don't like it when they act dopey. One of right. the nice things about composure is that there really isn't sedation. It just relaxes them, makes them less reactive to the environment, but it also allows them to focus. I have to say that I use um, a lot of supplementary uh, behavior products when people People want tranquilizers. So a lot of times I find that I have to kind of talk many pet owners out of tranquilizers and say, hey, let's try this natural product, which is less likely to be a detriment for your pet. And we can get your pet on an airplane and uh, build positive experiences uh, traveling or what have you and try to talk them out of those sedatives because they always think, oh, I got to have some kind of sedative for my pet to travel or to go here or there. Yeah, I think that it's really important to try the, the least the most effective but the least disruptive medication or supplement first. You know, if they, there are certainly some pets that need the big guns, and it's nice to be able to have the big guns. But I think that the majority of pets just need to have the edge taken off just a little bit. Um, we actually did a study with the Composure product, and it was clinically shown to work in about 20 to 30 minutes. So that means wow. that if you know there's a thunderstorm coming or you know fireworks are coming up, you can give it in a relatively timely manner, and it will usually last for about four hours or so. It's also really, really safe, and you can safely double the dose. And uh, what's the website if people want to learn more about Composure? Uh, you can go to www.vetrascience.com. Um, we have a number of products, not just Composure, but supplements that support a lot of different body systems. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Dr. Elizabeth DeLomba, thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 next. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. 
Boostar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You know, a lot of us have different kinds of pets. Not all of us have just cats or dogs. Some of us have uh, reptiles, lizards, geckos. Uh, there's all kinds of very strange birds. We heard last hour about a lady who had a, a, a toucan as a pet. And mm-hmm. what about chickens? Because I see more and more yeah. people are bringing chickens into the backyard and they're uh, pets now. Yeah, well, they're fun and they're, I hate to say they're easy because they do have their share of problems, but you know, they, they definitely, um, they interact well with people. They have personalities and, um, you know, and plus, you know, many people find that they serve a purpose. You know, it's not like that, you know, that dog or cat that just looks good. Um, they're, they may be producing eggs and that can be a, you know, a win-win for everybody. A couple of years ago, we talked to the uh, chicken chick. Chicken chick, that is. You look down here, right <laughs> and she uh, she was fighting because she she had a lot of chickens in the the city or the county that she was living in. Did not want her to have chickens, and she fought that. And I believe she won. We'll find she out. She fought the law. She the, fought the law. And the, the she law lost. <laughs> the law lost on that one. She got to keep her chickens, and she's been uh, prophesizing on uh, Facebook and Instagram. She has a great Facebook page. Yeah, she, she really does. A blog too, I believe, and she's helping uh-huh. people that are raising chickens all across the country with chicken knowledge she has a lot of chicken knowledge and she's going to be on the show today she has a brand new book out called the chicken chicks guide to backyard chickens and as we've mentioned before here at the animal radio studios we don't have any chickens but we have a neighbor who has chickens and occasionally we get to sit these chickens and it is amazing how much personality (laughs) these chickens have just like a dog or a cat yeah they follow you around and they're very social okay you guys that have had chickens and you dr debbie and hal and judy now if where would you put the ease of a chicken as a pet as compared to dogs and cats? How would you rank them one, two, three? Okay, can I go first? I would say they're actually pretty easy. They're just very messy. Got to be ready to have chicken uh, poop all around the all, the yard and on the bottom of your shoes and tracking it in the house. Uh, you lay food out for them that they need to clean up, and sometimes that gets a little bit messy. So they're messy, but really easy. I mean. Essentially, we'd let them out of their chicken coop in the morning, and they go around and they play and they eat and do chicken things that chicken things chickens do, whatever they do. Do you really the... feel the love from a chicken hell? I well, I uh, I don't know that I know these chickens enough. I know people enough. do. Yeah, I'm sure there yeah. I'm sure there are, and I'm sure I could. And I know the owners; they feel lots of. Oh, chicken the way love. they talk about their chickens. Oh, yes. they're like a family member. Yes. Uh, and then at night, we just open the cage, and as soon as the sun goes down, they sort of take the cue and they go right into the cage just like that so they are fairly easy from my end dr debbie uh, what do you know about them 
Well, I think there's a bigger maybe outlay in housing and maybe preparation for keeping chickens than you might expect for a dog or cat. Because, you know, we, we expect dogs and cats to, you know, sleep in our bed, you know, live in our homes. And there's certainly, I do have owners where their chickens are in the house, but for the most part, they do have a coop. They do have some kind of housing requirement where you have to take that time to uh, make sure those are clean, that they have all their needs, um, you know, that we're making sure there's not fighting going on, that you know, everything is status quo. So I think it does take, I'd say, more time than a dog or cat, but maybe between a cat and a dog. Because, you know, I think my dogs, my gosh, you know, mine go to classes a couple times a week. <laughs> I yeah. have to walk them several times a day. So there's a lot more time I spend on my dog than many people do on a chicken. But the, the dog doesn't brood, so you don't have to worry about that. And yeah. if you're thinking about getting a chicken, if just have a little seed in your mind that you might want to get a chicken, be listening. In just a few minutes, the Chicken Chick will be right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on for the bottom of the hour? Oh, this is there was this case that happened in Texas last year, uh, dying of a broken heart because of a pet. Really? So, th- yeah, this case was, was so classic. Uh, that the New England Journal of Medicine actually just did a story on it. So we'll tell you about that. And you literally mean that. I mean, we're not just talking about mm-hmm. someone being sad. Someone had a broken heart. Yeah. Remember when, um, like, Carrie Fisher died and then her mom, Debbie Reynolds, died yeah. a few days later. They said that was from a broken heart. We'll tell you what that really means, though. Okay, that's on the way in just a couple of minutes. But first, your phone calls. Toll free, one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, VetraScience has the supplement for all of your pet's needs. Thanks, VetraScience, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Judy. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? I'm in Leslie, Arkansas. Leslie, Arkansas. Okay. How can we help you? I've got a great Dane puppy, and I get a lot of conflicting information on how to feed him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if you could help me. Okay, yeah. Are you just uh, in general what kind of feeding guidelines? Because he's a Great Dane. Because because well, she is Sadie, and um, because she's a oh, Great she, Dane, sorry. I've had people tell me that some people say you should supplement calcium, some people say you shouldn't, some people say you want to be very careful how much protein you give them because you don't want them to overgrow themselves yes. and, and give them bone problems like hip dysplasia. Yeah, some some basic general guidelines I can give. Uh, actually, any large breed dog owner, especially when they're puppies, we do recommend um, large breed diets. And the idea with that is that it allows a more gradual growth, and we don't have real rapid growth bursts. And that can help minimize some of those developmental problems like hip dysplasia, some of the um, other growth uh, disorders with elbows and so forth. So yeah, I. I do recommend that. Um, now, as far as Great Danes, always kind of throw a little extra fun in the mix because, you know, they are a breed we're a little extra cautious about with some um, uh, things diet-related. Um, so they're definitely because of their risk of some of the GI problems, if you're familiar with uh, the condition bloat. Yes, well, just barely. I mean, my sister told me a couple days ago about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, bloat is basically a condition in dogs. It can happen in any breed dog, but we see it more in large breed, uh, especially deep-chested breeds where the stomach gets 
kind of filled up, gassy, it flips on itself and becomes a very urgent emer- emergency problem where they can't vomit and they can go into shock and it's, it's very fatal if not treated surgically. So because of that risk with Great Danes, they can get about 40% of Great Danes can get this problem. So it is a huge t- concern. Um, some food-related things, I'd say, um, used to be old thought is we wanted to elevate their food bowls. And that's not really the case. They find that um, that can actually increase the risk of bloat in dogs. So we don't oh. want to really use those elevated uh, tiers for the large breeds. Um, and I like to make sure we keep a good, healthy protein level, but we don't necessarily want to give excessive amounts to a, a Great Dane. Um, as far as the fat content in food, they have done some research and found that Great Danes or uh, large breed dogs with bloat, if they have high fat in their food, they are more prone to having this problem. So that's even yet another thing. <laughs> but I would definitely make sure with uh, Great Danes or any large breed, we do uh, frequent meals. So we don't want to have one big meal in the day. Um, mm-hmm. Spread it out over a couple meals for the day. That's good for digestive health as well as to prevent things like bloat. Um, so uh, those are some basic things. Do you feed him uh, dry food or a canned food? Dry food. Okay. And that's kind of another interesting thing. In most cases, we say dry food is the best thing to go for. Um, but with dogs, uh, large breeds with the bloat potential, um, we actually do recommend to add canned food into the mix of things because an all-kibble diet actually increases the risk of bloat in uh, these large breed dogs. So that might be another thing for you to kind of consider. And um, it's sometimes hard to feed like all canned food to a dog that's 150 pounds, so not too many people do that realistically. <laughs> but um, it would be a, a good reason to um, incorporate that into her diet. Okay. Um, what about the surgery that they do for bloat? Yes, the um, prophylactic gastropexy. And it's basically a preventative surgery where we go in and we uh, surgically tack or kind of tether the stomach um, to the body wall. Um, that is recommended. And uh, ideally, we try to do that at the time of spaying or neutering or at some other time, you know, even preventatively it can be done. Um, but they have found that that has been in, um, at, in at-risk breeds. It's been very valuable. Um, so um, breeds like um, the Great Dane, Weimaraners, uh, Standard Poodles, and Rottweilers particularly will be good candidates to do this preventative surgery. So, yeah, I would be a fan of that for her. And what is a good age to have them spayed or neutered? I can't remember which is which. Most times we'll, we'll do that at about six months of age, um, depending on your veterinarian. And as far as some of them want them a little bit older because they feel that uh, everything in the abdomen is uh, for the stomach surgery is um, a little bit more mature. But generally six months should be good. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Isn't part of the bloat thing when they eat too fast, don't you want to try to eat, have them eat slower? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is a, definitely one of the other risk factors, eating fast. It used to be thought that, you know, if you, they eat and they go run and exercise, that increased their risk. But some of the studies actually show that, you know, it's not so much the activity after, but dogs that eat fast, uh, older dogs, uh, bloat is more common, deep-chested, actually, believe it or not, nervous dogs. So if your dog has kind of an anxiety, nervous potential, those pets have a little bit higher risk of developing bloat than the calm, laid-back, couch potato-type dog. <laughs> Interesting stuff, huh? one 405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by VetraScience. Just like their owners... 
Our pets get older, their joints stiffen up, jumping for joy is not as easy as it used to be. Glycoflex Hip and Joint Supplement from VetraScience helps support joint health in your pet. Thanks, VetraScience, for underwriting Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A man in South Carolina jumped on the back of a 10-foot alligator to save his girlfriend's dog as it was being dragged into a lake. Brent Carey was taking a walk with his girlfriend and her dog Chance when an alligator jumped out of the water and started to drag Chance into the lake. Carrie jumped on the back of the alligator and frantically wrestled Chance out of his deadly jaws. Finally, the gator gave up the little dog who ran safely to shore. Jessica Turner, Chance's owner, said she can't close her eyes without seeing little Chance's head in the gator's mouth. The Department of Natural Resources sternly informed Carrie that he or anyone else should never jump on the back of a 10-foot alligator. Uh, just in case you were thinking of doing it. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. Hi everybody, this is Deborah Wilson from Mad TV, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And as my friends would say, You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. The chicken chick is just around the corner. Yeah, chicken chick is what I said. That's her name. She's a uh, she's a chicken guru, and she has a brand new chicken book out. You might remember her from an earlier chicken interview we had. And so, get your chickens, bring them around the radio because they'll be interested also. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, for those of us who have uh, dogs and cats, regular pets, uh, an incredible. I'm going to tell you about this. Uh, it's an interactive art exhibit that is custom made i mean it must be gosh i can only compare it to maybe a human being on like lsd or something what a trip it's made just for dogs and cats and as i say lsd tater walks in no <laughs> he's the lsd okay doing dog here. No, 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 no. we're kidding about the dog of course, but i mean yes. This is, it's just so out of this world and the, the extent to which they went to make this a great experience is incredible. So we'll share that one with you. Hi, Brenda. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Where um, it? yes, go ahead. I was going to ask you where you are today. Well, Acton, Virginia. Okay. Uh, yeah, Central Virginia, not far from Charlottesville. I know and the I area. have a question. I have a question about a turkey. Okay, a turkey. Oh. Um, it's kind of a bizarre story, but basically what happened is it fell off of a turkey truck going to slaughter. And okay. it was laying in the middle of an interstate, and I rescued it, to make a long story short. I, I got it, struggled it, and got it into the back of my car, took it home, have it in a dog pen. And um, I know nothing about turkeys. 
nothing okay. whatsoever. And it's been a couple of days, and I'm having a hard time getting him to eat or drink. I've tried the the wild turkey feed. I've tried the cracked corn, and and he is uh, drinking a little bit of water, but he's up and walking around and seems to be doing fine. Okay, well, that is a crazy story. He fell off of a turkey <laughs> truck. <laughs> Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Was he around, like, the Purdue Farms or anything like that? Well, they have they have a lot of turkey farms uh, around us, and they mass-produce them. And I don't know if it's the fact that he was tube-fed, because he's huge. I don't know if mm-hmm. he was tube-fed for feeding like they do sometimes, the force feeding, or because he doesn't seem to know how to eat. Huh. Oh. No, and he, he's fully feathered. He's How about how much does this guy weigh? Oh, this guy weighs probably 50 pounds. Seriously. Okay, so he's a big fellow. Okay, yeah. well, you know, as far as the the sad thing about the turkey industry is, like, if we cross over to the pets, is that these guys <laughs> in captivity aren't really, like, the domestically bred turkeys, they're really not here for the long term. So yes. <laughs> they actually tend to be bred for really big body size, and yes. they they really don't live really past a year of age and, and they can actually have some problems with their body weight becoming so big for themselves so yes. that i don't know if we're dealing with something like that as far as diet in general um housing recommendations i can tell you for turkeys is that um you know we definitely want to go with more of like a turkey feed so if you've gone to one of the feed stores and gotten that that would be what i would say most of these places um in a production facility they're not with a big bird like that likely going to be tube feeding a large bird he should be eating something um more on a a, a regular feed scale um you okay. can also try adding in fresh vegetables fruits make sure he's got some grasses um to kind of forage um so um and and the other thing would be to make sure he's got lots of room because these guys obviously they're pretty big even though they don't fly um Uh you know he needs he needs to have lots of room and then the other thing would be um where you're housing him some because a lot of these uh, poultry can actually have fear of predators sometimes they will not thrive if they feel like they're vulnerable, so mm-hmm. we can give them visual things to hide around. So sometimes we'll put a perimeter oh, okay. fence, okay. like a three three foot kind of guard around the fencing, just so he kind of oh, hydes. Bushes, shrubs. Who's visited him? <laughs> the wild turkey. Yeah, the wild turkeys oh. have already come in to pay him a visit. Oh, have you named him? Uh, the wild turkeys? No. No, have you named your turkey? Yeah, his name's She's Gilbert Great. Gilbert Cooper. Great. <laughs> he has a lot to be thankful for, doesn't he? Yes, he does. I mean, he survived the fall off the truck. He survived me getting him in my car. I mean, you know, I hate to see him just, you know, waste away and die, but uh, everybody's telling him just keep him to Thanksgiving and doing that. I can't do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think he's pretty lucky you two found each other for a reason. It looks like you now have a pet turkey. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out how to get him to eat and everything. He's yeah. just now started walking, so I, it, it appears that he's never walked before. Um, it, you know, because he's really not injured, so huh. it just mm-hmm. appears that he's never walked. So I guess he's, like I said, the way they, they breed him in captivity. Yeah, and they do just, they get so big that they actually physically can't support their own weight. So, yeah, that can Correct. be a... It's kind of the dark side of the old turkey industry yeah. there, huh? Well, I appreciate your time and your suggestions. Thank you so All much. All right. Thank you for your well, call good luck. today. Okay, okay bye-bye. Let's, uh, 
that up on the board there. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Debbie did the iguana. She did the, uh, what was it last week? There was the African greys, uh, dogs, the cats. Oh, we've the, had uh, skunks. Durable skunks. The trouts. trouts. <laughs> this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces the soiled pad with a fresh, clean one so your home stays odor-free and you never have to touch, see, or smell yucky pads again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com today. And thank you, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live green is best for you, your family, and that includes your pets. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food. But we can tell you, Alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only Alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. Whether your kids are still in car seats or high school, Chrysler offers an entire lineup of family-friendly vehicles designed to make your life easier. And now, take advantage of great deals at your local Chrysler dealer. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A Sacramento couple said they were shocked and confused when their dog received a bill from Verizon online. Steve Finelli and Sean Donovan said their lasso opso named Andy Finelli received a notice in the mail from a collections agency about a bill totaling $142.34. Verizon said the bill was meant for a man named Andy Finelli who lives on the other side of the country. AFNI Collections Agency said the confusion may have resulted from the fact that Andy Finelli, the dog, has his own American Express card, which Donovan obtained when it was offered to family members. Donovan said she often takes her girlfriends out to lunch on Andy, the dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. We heard with uh, the death of actress Debbie Reynolds that she had died of a broken heart. Remember that? And that was just a few days after her daughter, actress Carrie Fisher, had passed away. Now think about it. What if you lose one of your pets? Could it break your heart and kill you too? The answer is yes. A woman in Texas Uh, came very close to dying herself following the death of her Yorkshire Terrier. A local emergency room thought she was having a heart attack since she was showing classic signs of it. So she was airlifted to a bigger hospital in Houston because it had cardiac specialists. Well, there, tests were performed showing that she actually had what is called Takotsubo cardiomyopathy, which mimics a heart attack. But what happens is your stress hormones literally 
flood the heart with these stress hormones, and it stuns the heart, which goes into spasms. And it can happen to even the healthiest of people. So it usually occurs, they say, following highly emotional events, like the loss of a spouse or a child, a loved one, which is why it is referred to as broken heart syndrome. Now, this incident with a woman in Texas happened last year, but heart specialists felt that it was such a classic case of this broken heart syndrome that the New England Journal of Medicine recently published an article just on that case. Wellness Pet Food, you've probably seen them. Uh, They splurged big time to celebrate their 10th anniversary of selling their pet food in Singapore. And what they did was they set up an amazing interactive art exhibit that was custom made just for dogs and cats. How cool is that? (laughs) So it was designed to create... Uh, they wanted it to give a, a positive art appreciation experience for pets. And then they had veterinarians and animal behaviorists who served with the project as advisors, uh, which included uh, this project, a room designed to give dogs the illusion when dogs walked into this part of the exhibit that the, that the dogs were actually floating on a magic carpet through a sky full of toys and meat, meaty snacks, which were actually projected onto the walls and the ceiling. All of this, can you imagine how this, all of this while the song A Whole New World was playing at a special frequency that could only be heard by dogs. Wow. That is incredibly elaborate. In fact, there were several installations each for dogs and cats. We will post the link on our website so that you can see a picture of one of my favorites, which was uh, the giant cat tree. You know, like the the shag-covered carpet thing that you have in your house for the cat. Well, this was actually a, a huge cat made into a cat tree, but it looked like a cat, and it was divided into six rooms. They had the cat's tongue serve as the ladder for cats to get into it, and then each room inside was covered with yarn and special fabric that would really highlight a, a cat's clawing need and delight. Uh, the 2017 Humane Awards recipients, ah, that time again is here. They're going to be honored on Thursday in New York City. Each year, the awards honor animals and people who are doing amazing work in preventing cruelty to animals. This is put on by the ASPCA. Among the winners this year, the Cat of the Year Award goes to Flame. I bet you heard about him. He was a, a really malnourished orange and white kitten when he strolled into a fire department building in South Carolina. He kind of snuck in. He immediately took to all the firefighters. You know how kittens are. And the firefighters returned the affection. Flame he brings them companionship and comfort. And now he has grown so much he participates in educational events with local children. And uh, there's a special rescue that is getting one of these humane awards. It's Mission Canine Rescue in Houston. They assist in retired military and working dogs who risk their lives in service at home and abroad. Since its founding, this incredible rescue, Mission Canine, has reunited more than 70 canine handlers with the dogs that they served with while they were in the service. Plus, they've rescued and found homes for more than 100 other former service dogs in need. So some good causes. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. 
Do you have chickens, Lori? No, but I love chickens. I could look at chicken pictures and plan my chicken coop all day. <laughs> God, what is wrong with you? you? Guys are animal people. Come on. I know. Our neighbor has chickens. We get to pet sit. We chickens. love chickens. We pet sit. See, we have the best of both worlds. Yes. Our next door neighbor has chickens, so their yard is messy, and we get the eggs, and we get to pet sit the chickens. Yeah, we get to pet sit the chickens, so right. that we get we get our chicken <clears throat> fix. Yeah, but we don't have to deal with the messy chicken cleanup. No, which is nice for us. You know who we have on the phone right now is Kathy Shea Mormino, and we've actually had her on before. I think it was about two years ago, when uh, I believe there was some. Uh, litigation chicken litigation going on of some sort i don't i really don't remember it was that long ago uh but we welcome her back she has a brand new book out the chicken chicks guide to backyard chickens we welcome the chicken chick hi how are you doing kathy hi good to talk to you again what was it that uh we were talking about last time was it uh was there some kind of litigation or some kind of laws that you were trying to get passed yes actually um Keeping backyard chickens in my farm town was not a permitted activity uh, in our zone. And so uh, there was a lawsuit by the town against my husband and I, which we prevailed on. And uh, then I went on to subsequently get the law changed in our town so that if you have a quarter acre of land, you can keep chickens. Mm. You're a lawyer by trade, right? I am. So you've been doing a lot of chicken litigation, which is just fun to say. (laughs) (laughs) We're not alone. We were not alone in this challenge. There are municipalities all over the country of all characters, uh, urban, suburban, rural, uh, where backyard chickens are not legal to be kept. And it's um, it sounds crazy because it is crazy. Uh, (laughs) Zoning regulations were not... uh, were not fashioned to protect uh, people from rogue chickens. They were fashioned to protect housing values from commercial commercial endeavors like uh, glue factories. Now, do these laws that you're trying to change to allow chickens, do they include roosters or are roosters still banned in, within city limits? It, it varies by it, it varies by jurisdiction. So in my mind, there's no there's no difference between noise that comes from a dog, or an airplane, uh, or a rooster. I mean, noise is noise. If, <clears throat> my position is if, if jurisdictions want to regulate noise, um, they should do that based on decibels or time of day or what have you, because uh, there's no difference between the types of noise, noise and noise. No, what, you ladies, what, why are you saying that? Are roosters more noisy? I mean, I hear the chickens next door, they're pretty noisy. Yeah, but the sun comes up. Yeah, oh. roosters start crowing and yeah. wake you that up. The deal? Chickens don't crow in the morning, just roosters, huh? Roosters crow, but don't dogs bark? Yeah, they absolutely. Absolutely. Don't dogs bark first thing in the morning? Don't they bark constantly throughout the day? In my experience, um, dogs are much more noisy and um, persistently noisy throughout the day than roosters. Roosters will crow a couple times and then generally stop. I mean, again, they're you know they're they're different. Each rooster is an individual. Each dog is an individual. But on average, I think dogs um, are are much more annoying to neighbors than the average rooster. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd rather live next to a rooster than a dog barking dog. And I, I've yet to meet anyone who didn't <laughs> echo that sentiment. Yeah. I want to know, um, Kathy, how fast is this chickens as pets movement going? Is it exploding? I kind of, I kind of push back against the concept that it's a movement. I think it's a very traditional and customary endeavor to raise chickens in your backyard for eggs. We've, that's how people in the beginning of the 20th century got eggs. There were no grocery stores. There was 
there were no commercial uh, poultry farms. And if you wanted eggs or you wanted chicken for meat, then you raised you raised these birds. Um, you know, the pendulum swung far away in the opposite direction after you know the the two world wars and people started moving into the cities and it wasn't posh to do that. And then commercial, um, you know, commercial meat operations, Frank Purdue and, uh, and, and the like, you know, they set up shop and then we could buy meat and eggs in grocery stores. But, but wouldn't you agree that that chickens are pets these days? I think that's wonderful. I mean, Everyone that I know Absolutely. that has chickens, they don't, they, they don't say, oh, God, you know, I've got my eggs this morning because they're like, come here, Penny Penny. You know what I'm saying? It's like that is their pet. Absolutely. I think, and, and that's a surprise to most of us. I got my chickens because I wanted fresh eggs, and my neighbor was doing it and, and looked at, like, an attainable um, uh, objective. So what I didn't expect was that as soon as I brought the baby chicks home from the post office, that they would become pets. And I think it's a surprise to most of us. I don't think most backyard chicken keepers expect that their, their, uh, their chickens are going to become pets, but, but they do. And so I follow you on uh, Facebook and you have an adorable backyard, the cutest chicken coops I've ever seen. How many chickens do you have? The personalities of your chickens are just adorable. (laughs) Thank you. It's rather unexpected, isn't it? You don't think chickens and personable or entertaining or amusing, but they really are. They're not they're not very different from a dog or a cat, except in that they produce food for you. What does your dog produce for you? Nothing you can't put in a <laughs> bag. You know. So um, yeah, so they're they're pets with actual um, benefits. We are with the chicken chick. Kathy Shea Mormino, and we're all thinking about getting chickens, frankly. We might get some studio chickens. We'll find out more in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Stick around. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets, whether it be uh, a dog, a cat, a flamingo, or even a chicken, a pet chicken, or that chicken that you just have for eggs, whatever it is. I think what would happen with me is if I got one for eggs, it would turn into a pet. I would fall in love with it. Of course it would. You could still get eggs from it as a pet. Sure. It's a pet with benefits. Yes, exactly. (laughs) A lot more than that damn dog's doing right now. (laughs) We are with uh, Kathy Shea Mormino, the chicken chick. And how many of these do you have? A couple. (laughs) 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 Around 50, give or take. How many did you start with? No, well... In my mind, I was going to start with six. In practice, um, in reality, I ended up starting with 14, and then it just grew from there. So then I started hatching eggs and then ordering different breeds for the different egg colors and the different plumage colors and the different, you know, personalities and characteristics. They really are beautiful, Kathy. Yeah. They're gorgeous. Some of your chickens are beautiful. I was wondering if you could tell us, like, what some of the best chicken breeds are if you're if you are looking for a chicken as a pet well it depends it depends what your needs are so you know what's best for me might not be best for you um 
if you live in Canada, the birds that are going to be best for your climate are not the birds that are going to do well necessarily in Florida. So chickens have different um, different needs and different challenges. So you have to sort of base your choices on you know how they're going to do in your climate and how they're going to meet your purposes. So not all hens lay eggs uh, at the same rate. It's kind of a misconception that hens will lay an egg every day. Most don't. So if egg production is your primary purpose and you want a great egg layer um, and you live in Florida, a leghorn's probably a, a good choice for you. What mistakes have you made in raising chickens so that I can avoid those? Hmm. So I did quite a lot of reading, but for you, yes. <laughs> I didn't make a lot of mistakes, but you might. Um, no, I mean, we all, we all did. I think I think the main mistake that most of us make and one, one that I made was um, not to understand the difference between chicken wire and welded wire. So chicken wire, we all know what that is. It's, it's a flimsy sort of bendable sure. uh, wire. Uh-huh. It's, that will not keep your chickens safe from predators in their coop at night. Oh, okay. And or even during the day, a raccoon or a hawk can reach right through the little holes in, in uh, chicken wire and pull a chicken to its death without pulling it all the way through. Wow. So that's a big mistake, and raccoons can open it like it's a... a a paper envelope, so it's intended to contain chickens to an area, not to keep predators out of a space. Ah. Uh, Predator-proofing a chicken coop and getting a good quality chicken coop that's well-constructed, that has plenty of windows and is predator-proof are essential to the success of your first flock and for your bird's lifetimes, but I think most people don't understand the essential requirements of a good coop and predator-proofing, and I don't think most of the people who are making chicken coops understand uh, what the important features are, but I'm trying to change that. (laughs) I really have kind of refrained from getting chickens now because I have dogs and cats, and I don't know how they'll get Mm -hmm. along, but then I see that you have have a rescue cat and a Yorkie with catitude, I see. That is what it says here. Yes, that's true. I guess that's a Yorkie that thinks it's a cat? He's a lot lot more like a cat than a dog. Uh Um, (laughs) He, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he thinks they're squeaker toys, that chickens are squeaker toys. So we, we know that about him. We know that he will chase them, and uh, he he is not allowed to be around them. So, um, you know, if you have a dog or a cat and you're not sure how they will be around your chickens, if you're concerned, listen to that inner voice in your head that says, hmm, they are probably not going to be okay with the chickens because they're probably not going to be. If you know that they will stand at the screen door um, and go nuts when they see a squirrel. You can. You, it's a safe bet that they're. Um, if they don't have some professional assessment by a professional dog trainer and are cleared by them, that um, they're probably not going to be safe around your birds. So now I've seen um, my neighbors. They have six chickens, and the cat is in the backyard. The chickens will chase the cat. Oh yeah, yeah. The cat so runs. My rescue cat was totally fine with the chickens, and they, they had this mutual respect. There was no, there was no back and forth at all. But the dog and the cat, whole other story. <laughs> well, the book is so. incredible, and I assume it's from years of your blogging all put together in the book. It includes great pictures. It's just really an aesthetically nice and pleasing book, by the way. Thank you so much. It was a labor of um, hate. <laughs> well, I can see you put work <laughs> into it. 
It was a lot of work. And all the pictures, I took all the pictures myself. And I, that's the piece of chicken keeping, um, you know, and blogging that I that I love the most is just spending time with the birds and, and trying to capture their personalities and their issues. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because, yeah, the book the book was, um, it, it was a long time coming. It was not something that I ever wanted to do. But a publisher contacted me and encouraged me to write it. And my fans had encouraged me, my Facebook fans had encouraged me for years to you know, put my blog in book form so they could have it on their bookshelf when the computer wasn't booted up or the phone wasn't on. And so that's that's what inspired it. But um, And if yeah, you haven't I, checked I, out Kathy's Facebook page, The Chicken Chick, she has memes every day that are just <laughs> perfect. They're so good. <laughs> and the chickens are gorgeous, really. We'll put links to all of uh, Kathy's uh, social media as well as her website over at animalradio.pet. If you are a... Whether a newbie, a veteran, or a would-be backyard chicken heir, I have 10 copies of her brand new book, The Chicken Chick's Guide to Backyard Chickens, to give out. Simple steps for healthy, happy hens. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon or your favorite bookstore and ask for it. Kathy, thanks for coming back again. Thanks for having me. Nice to speak with you again. Give those chickens a big old hug from all of us here at Animal Radio. Uh, Do you know how long that would take? That's a lot of chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, grab your chickens, get ready to take them on a walk, and your dogs and your cats. It's time to give them a little bit of exercise. We're going to get on out of here. If you need your fix during the week, visit us over at animalradio.pet. Or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Have yourself a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network.